We're back. The boys after are back a, in town. After a short, unannounced hiatus. We should just have Thin Lizzy be our, uh, our title track, our intro music. Boys are back I'm in town. I'm all about it, man. I, I, I love some of the uh, Gary Moore era Thin Lizzy. Oh, some of the yeah. guitar work is just... And I'm not a fan Phenomenal. of Gary Moore's solo stuff. Okay. But uh, if, with Thin Lizzy, I'm, I'm there for You're it. You're here for it. You're here for it. Yeah. All right. Nice. Yeah, apologize about the break, everyone. Uh, you know, here we were a couple weeks ago talking about, like, we're going to be more consistent. We're going to do it. And then we weren't. And there's good reason for that. Uh, Zach is expanding Mythos Pedals to become a pedal empire. Uh-huh. He's going to be number one, number one pedal company in the entire world. Oh. <laughs> yep. And, I'll be uh, the number one pedal company in Nashville. Yeah, and I am taking over. I'm gunning for Max Martin's spot as uh, most successful pop producer of all time by building a studio in my basement. So that's what we spent the last couple of weeks doing. Fine. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Max Martin is basically the man behind almost every major pop act of the last 20 plus years. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he's you know been involved in just about anything and everything. Uh, you can think of in the top 100 Billboard charts both uh, both actually his stuff's pretty good I have to say as as pop productions go usually the Max Martin stuff is pretty sick. VT Jumper in the chat said I heard pot producer which if I'm being That's honest I, I thought I did her <laughs> did too. That's what I said pot producer the number hey. one pot producer yeah I'm just uh, this by studio I hope everyone. There was no confusion here. By studio, I meant like I'm building a grow up in my basement. That's what I was talking about. So is that not what you thought I was saying? Or well, you know, I you you said you had a workshop. There's going to be yeah. I got you know, lights, booths. I got ventilation. I got. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know, what else do you need to grow weed? Lights. I said water. Lights. I think uh, isn't it really hard? Isn't cannabis like actually really difficult to grow properly? I don't know. I'd have to talk to my dad. I don't- <laughs> 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 he knows way That's more about hilarious. it than me you could say he went to college in the 70s so yeah yeah uh, f- funny story the um i don't think i've ever told this story and I'll, I'll leave names out of it but i met the mom of uh, a drummer from a band i was in when i was um end of high school yeah and so we were all around the same age and our parents were all around the same age and um went over to his hat his house and um met his mom and she's like wait broils is your dad's name blank? And I said, yeah. And she's like, oh, I knew him in college. He had the best weed. <laughs> like, great. Sweet. That, that's awesome. Cool dad. Thanks. That's so funny because that is the total antithesis of my dad in every single way. You know, it's so funny. Is he a square? Uh, in that respect, yeah, he's pretty square. <laughs> okay. Yeah. My, yeah. my dad is... He he swears that Animal House was written about his fraternity. Oh my god, sounds problematic because, now. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely it was, and and sometimes still is, you know. <laughs> but he's he's a he's a good guy. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, so uh, anyway, yeah, I'm building a grow up in my basement, um, trying to hide it from the government. So, <laughs> if anybody has a way to like, um, you know keep my electrical bill slow my electrical consumption this okay this joke's gone too far yeah <clears throat> we're gonna the, people might start thinking you're serious <laughs> so tell us tell us about the studio bill tell us because i've caught okay. snippets of it but not the full 
Yeah. Well, nobody's caught the full thing yet because I've intentionally kind of kept it under wraps because we are doing a studio build series on the channel. Uh, I think it's going to be about six parts uh, in total, six episodes. Uh, And it won't start airing until we're getting close to being done with the studio, which my goal is to have. So my birthday is on March 1st. And I want to have a like party down there in the studio and have it up and running, ready to go, making sounds by March 1st. So uh, it's it's gone very, very well, though. So our studio designer and builder, Jimmy Bird, came out from San Diego, spent two weeks out here. And uh, we were literally down there every single day except one. We had one day off in two weeks, um, swinging hammers, hanging drywall. I learned so much. I learned how to frame walls. I learned how to run a miter saw. I learned how to do basic drywall stuff, which sucks. Told you. Uh, dude, it sucks. And I'm bad at it, too. We're all bad at it. We're bad at mudding. We're bad at getting stuff aligned. So what I'm going to do for the drywall is because everything is double or triple layers of drywall. So the drywall we're doing now is not the drywall you're going to end up seeing. So for that last finished layer of drywall, I'm going to hire a crew to come in who can like mud it properly and make it look nice, you know? Um, Right. But it's taken shape, man. The control room's framed up. We've got the vocal booth and, um, uh, the lounge part of the control room basically done. Now we just need a bunch of mechanicals done. So I need HVAC moved and rerouted. Just had our hot water heater moved and rerouted. And then we're going to have electrical come and do electricity and, you know, 20 amp circuits everywhere and the whole deal. So, yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a great space once it's done. Um, And we decided, you know, we'd been kind of going back and forth on which on which way to go in terms of buying a console or doing a hybrid setup. And my intention was to wait on that decision, like keep kind of pushing it further down the road. But we were running into this situation where when framing, it kept coming up like, okay, well, if we're going to have a console, we need to frame this this way because we're going to need to, you know, power and cabling and patch bays and all stuff. Or if you're doing a hybrid system, we're going to need to frame this this way. And we kept coming up against that. And I just decided, okay, it's time to make the decision. So I made some phone calls. I talked to some people in the know. Um, some people who I really respect, who've owned and run studios for years, uh, who own consoles, vintage consoles. And I just asked around and the general consensus of, you know, what I'm looking to do down there and, uh, what everyone said was, yeah, you should buy a a console. And so the hunt begins for a desk. So is that going to be a thing where like, cause I, I, I hadn't even thought about this until just now, like you have to make considerations for how to get the damn thing in there. Yeah. Yeah. So we're framing doors wide enough to get the console in and out. And it's even impacting our HVAC plan. So we had the HVAC guy come down and consoles generate a lot of heat. So Mm. the control room is going to get its own small, like a mini split air conditioning system. That's just for the control room because the whole thing is like a room within a room it's totally isolated, heavily insulated. So even in the middle of winter, that room, and because it's in a basement, it's all below grade, that room is going to get really, really hot because of all the equipment in there. So, yeah, it's going to have its own AC system. And, uh, you know, the whole Man, deal. That's crazy. That's that's exciting. I can't wait to – hopefully I'm invited. <laughs> I can come see it. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I know. It depends on <laughs> – on, uh, 
how I behave. I, no, uh, I, I everyone's gonna be invited. I was on Destiny with Matthew last night. Invited him, trying to get DF to come down, get the whole Novo crew to come down. Oh man, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, I've been doing some projects for Dennis that I can't talk about, which is very exciting. Uh, oh, I know about this stuff. Aha! Uh-huh, but in mm-hmm. uh, in other Mythos news, uh, I'm renting another office. So what? Um, I didn't know about this. Yeah. So the initial plan for this this new shop, right, was the this the room I'm in right now, uh, which you can't really see much in the live stream, but on the actual uh, episode, you'll be able to see it's the same room I've been in for the past couple of weeks. Is this mini office, which I think was just like a closet uh, right. for whatever this room initially was, but when they were first talking about getting the space, they were going to tear this room out and expand the warehouse space. And then there was an office up the hall from what is our production room that was going to be my office. But since this and some of the, the, the workshop wasn't torn out, the square footage worked out to be about the same. Uh, so I didn't bother renting that space, but now since things have gotten crazier, we got two guys, uh, pretty much every available wall is taken up by something. Um, I kind of want to turn this into storage or, or maybe like a pickup room or, you know, like something for, do something else with the space. Cause it's kind of cramped and I want to have a, a bigger office where I can have space for videos, space for working on pedals and like um, doing pickups and, and having some stuff around and, and turn that into like a mini showroom just for me. So if people come to town, they don't have to go into the big room and worry about right. that. They can just come in and hang out with me and, and check stuff out and make like, half video space office and lounge. That's three, that's mm-hmm. three things. So third, mm-hmm. <laughs> not nice, half. but, but yeah, so that's, uh, it's, it's mine. So we struck a deal and I'm going to be moving in there. We just have to paint and clean the carpet cause it's gross. Is this the same? It's part of the same thing where like, uh, the people that were there before you were like uh, some geological service and there's dirt everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. There was the, the just, mud and rock and gross. So um, <laughs> the one thing about this room, and I don't know if I've moaned about it yet, but it's super noisy in here. Uh-huh. And I figured out what it is, is there's a, uh, all the security system stuff is like on just right through the wall. And it's just drywall and it's all in the same circuit. And so I get this crazy noise in all my equipment. And every time I'm testing a pedal, I'm like, this thing sounds broken. What is going on? And then I take it to another room and it's fine. It's just because there's all sorts of interference just like in the air and coming through the power. So it's, it's going to be nice to hear it. Like, you know, hear pedals, how they're supposed to sound. So. My God. Yeah. Well, so this will be an era of mythos pedals where they all sound a little different and a little weird. It'll be the security system era. Yeah. So if you buy, if you have like a Wildwood mule in your, and you compare it to an uh, older one, you're like, this one sounds different because mm. The interference. Well, there's the interference era. There's the smoke smell knobs. There's <laughs> the bo- the bodge wire. Oh, people are talking about. Shout out to our Discord chat and all our hey. patrons. Thank you for sticking around with us, guys, while we're getting shit in order. But yeah, my my lovely uh, vents and ugly ass ceiling tiles. Yeah. So my the new office has like fadeable lights and all sorts of things. It's going to be wow. <laughs> much Look nicer. At you. I know. Yeah. Right? Man, that's awesome. That's one of the things we're doing in the studio is I'm having um, outlets and stuff installed on the on the ceiling so that I can have just 
lights mounted in the ceiling. It's an idea I stole from the JHS show set at their headquarters. Like Addison over there did an incredible job of like wiring everything. So their lights are just mounted and powered from the ceiling and everything's up there out of the way. It's like, Oh, so I took pictures when I was there in March. I was like, okay, I got to get all this done. So it's going to be sweet. Great. Well, that's, uh, that's exciting. It's exciting for everybody. We're having a, we're having a good time. (laughs) And and then you're going to Germany in like, like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Two and a half weeks. We're going to, going to Germany, going to Hamburg to play on a record for my friend. Uh, Tice Roofman is his artist name. Uh, he's from the Netherlands. Tice and Sarah, very Roof good friends of ours. Man. Yeah, it's gonna be cool, man. It's like um, so. Apparently, last year during the pandemic, he so Tice is really cool. His family owns a campground called Inderimbo in a town called Ermelo in the Netherlands, and it's amazing. So when mm-hmm. when we went on tour with Noah Guthrie in Good Trouble in the Netherlands a few years ago, we basically just stayed in the campground in these cottages the whole time. So Phil, the bass player and I had our own cottage, Noah and Ian and his dad had their own cottage. And it was like, honestly, it was like being on vacation. We were there in December. You're in the middle of the Dutch forest. It was peaceful. It was beautiful. And because the the Netherlands is basically the size of like South Carolina, every gig we would do was just like an out and back thing. So we were on tour, but we got to stay in the same place for 10 or 11 days. It was amazing. So anyway, Tice is an amazing artist, amazing songwriter. And during the pandemic, he was like, they were just working on the campground and he wrote, I think like 75 or 80 songs. He basically wrote and recorded three albums himself in his cottage there. And, uh, yeah, that led to him, I think landing a record deal and we're going to the Phil and I are going to Hamburg to clouds Hill recording and spend two and a half, three weeks there, um, with a producer tracking everything to tape in the room, live tracking, you know, no pro tools, none of that. We're doing everything the old school way. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm Neat. super stoked about it. That's, that's awesome. <clears throat> sounds yeah, like, man. Sounds like a good time. And you know what? I think you should take this. <gasps> Is it done? Actually. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, I modded it. The guys filmed me modding it. And Wait, um, how do you know which one's modded? Uh, the LEDs are different color and they're actually oh, okay. slightly, they're slightly different uh, greens. Yeah. Can you see yeah. that? Right. So one, oh, and this. <laughs> well, there you go. Yep. Uh, and you know, it's funny. It's like, I, I modded it. Wait, let's save this for the episode. Okay. All right. Because <laughs> like, I had a moment where I was like, huh. And then I went, oh, okay. <laughs> and that's the end that's of my very story. Vague. It's very vague and hard to follow and enticing. So good job. It's, it's going to make so much sense. But yeah, we just filmed it on my phone. So, eh, you know. We'll, we'll see. It'll be fine. It'll be great. All right. 4K. I can't baby. wait to fly it all the way over to Germany and pull it out and put it in the session and be like, oh, it still sounds like a tube screamer. I hate it. Well, I mean, that, it that was my, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and that was the question that the guys and I had. It's like, how far do we take this? Do we, do I make it not be a tube screamer at all? But then that kind of defeats the point. So I did some things. We'll talk about it. It's going to be fun. And I honestly keep forgetting to mail them to you, but you're leaving anyway. So there's probably not much point in me sending them right now. No, you will send one to me and I will take it. I'll play it on the session. Okay. The modded one. I don't want the regular one. I want the tube screamer. I want the, whatever your special sauce is. Okay. Yeah. It's this one. All right. Well, do you want to dip a rig? (laughs) Hell yeah, man. Let's do it. Oh, so God, 
I had forgotten about dipping a rig, if I'm honest, and had to go to the email. And this was the first one I saw, but you know what? It's not caveat. I don't think this is super giggable, but it's too good not to talk about. (laughs) One thing I should point out here, I think the Patreon chat's getting blitzed right now with the drinking game. People are like uh, talking about alcohol poisoning and every other comments like drink. Wait, what? Drink every time Rhett says amazing. No, that's too much. No, you can't. Hold on. Where's I play bass? We need the we need the updated drinking game list in here because you haven't talked about Carter Vintage yet. I haven't. We haven't talked in a southern accent yet. So they must have added stuff to the drinking game that we don't know about. And they're all just getting smashed at 330 on a a Wednesday. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, uh, it does the thing has not been said. Uh, What else uh, is I hate fine is a thing. It's fine. Uh, that you know, I say it's fine. Talking about PV, uh, yeah. we haven't done. I mean, these don't so count. What do you, so, all right. Well, maybe they're just getting hammered. Maybe it's just not part of the drinking game, and they're yeah. just out here having a good time. Just Which, middle hey, of the dude, week, you know. No judgment, you know. Like it could be 10 a.m. where you are. If you want to get blitzed, by all means, you know. <laughs> uh, this is a judgment-free podcast. Well, we're gonna judge this photo of this rig. <laughs> As we go straight into judging somebody's rig. <laughs> so here it is. Did you see it? Yeah, it. that's okay. This is cool. So, there's a lot here. Lots of uh, yeah, gigable. Gigable is questionable here. I mean, you, you could play any of this stuff as a, at a gig, but this is not your like, if this is your rig. Okay. So hold on. This is Brandon T E H. So te Brandon te uh, is, is the last name. I assume, okay. you know, who knows? Uh, right. But we'll say he probably knows. He probably knows I, how to say. Well, yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, so I share a practice space with another band. Oh, okay. He's clarifying. So the, the full stack on the left is not mine, though I wish it was. For context, I play in a pop punk band, so my tone is pretty mid high gain. His rig is a Laney Ironheart 120, two cool. Marshall JCM cabs. Cool. His pedals are a Boss tu- Tuner, Keeley Compressor. A uh, Walrus EB10, a Plumes, a Phase 95, a Decimator 2, a Walrus Ju- Julia, Rainbow Machine, Superpuss, Dispatch Master. That's a lot of pedals for a pop punk. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, and a lot of modulation <laughs> for a pop punk band, too. Yeah. Uh, a Mexican Fender Strat that is uh, Billy Joe Armstrongified. Yeah, a Rone Ward 50s Telly that's Danish Pete Purple. Uh, an Epiphone, Jared James Nichols, Les Paul Custom, Squire Supersonic, and a Les Paul Tribute. So we got we got a lot of there's a lot of stuff in this. All right, yeah. And speaking of uh, Jared James Nichols, uh, shout out to a speedy recovery for yes. for Jared. I don't I don't know exactly. He said he was lifting a case and broke his mm-hmm. arm. Yeah. Oof. Uh, Man. Yeah. But he's he's a he's a big tough son of a bitch. So I'm sure he'll come back real. He's quick. Uh, yeah. He's a he's a Viking. If you've never <laughs> yes. met. Jared James Nichols, I'm six foot three, and I like look up at him. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's big, a big dude. dude. He's a big it, dude. Sweet as can be. Oh yeah, uh, the nicest guy ever. So yeah, speedy recovery to, to Jared. I love his uh, his Epiphone that that Blues Power single P90. Yeah, Epiphone, super cool. he's badass. Yeah. So all right, starting with uh, with the guitars here. You want to start there? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do right. it. So so the aforementioned Jared James Nichols. Blues mm-hmm. Power, Epiphone, single pickup, P90. Love it. Is that is that the Old Glory, I guess? Old Glory. Now they've got Gold Glory, which is super cool. I can't decide which one I like better. Um, I like the gold. I'm, I'm into the gold. 
I'm into okay. the gold too, but the black on black is just with the you know the dog ear P90. It's classic. That's a classic look. I think yeah, I have to go with the black. I love that it's it's just you know it's a Duncan. I think it's an antiquity in those stock. I think so. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, volume tone, no frills, no fuss. Yep. I and I mean he makes it. He makes it work. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, you could you could say that he makes it work. Another <laughs> another bit of an understatement there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and then we got the the Danish Pete purple. Was that a fifties road worn? You said it's a road worn. So I think that was a guitar center exclusive, um, or maybe it was the Chicago music exchange. I don't know. They, um, they were a limited run. And every time I see them, I, I like, I go, damn, I need a purple. Telly. <laughs> yeah. That's like a Barney purple though. That's not, it's not quite Danish Pete purple. And then is that a hot no. rail on the bridge there? Oh, I, uh, if I zoom in, that doesn't look like a normal telly pickup to me. So, it, some kind it of, looks like a Duncan of some sort, either a hot rail or JB or Yeah, something. right, right. The strat I love. I love it. All the pitch the the uh, stickers and, and everything on here, the BLM on the pick guard, I'm here for yeah. it, man. And then modded to just a single volume and the switch. Like I'm trying to look at some of these pictures. Nice. Yeah, may- Supreme. Maybe- I mean, I assume it's just a volume knob and then all the pickups still work, but maybe not. Yeah. That, that it, middle, that middle pickup looks very low into the pick guard. <laughs> I um, think that's probably just to get it out of the way. Yeah. That's what you do. It's the Richie Blackmore method. You just drop it down. You don't even use it. Yeah. I think this is probably, that could be a single pickup strat, just a bridge pickup strat, you know? Yeah, maybe. And it uses the switch as like a kill switch would be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be badass. Uh, Gold Top Les Paul Studio. That's a, it's a tribute. So it's oh, a tribute. It's kind of like a studio. I think they're a little even more stripped back, um, than the studios. Uh, cool. yeah. but, you know, straight ahead. It's a Les Paul, you know, with, without binding basically. And then what your, your favorite guitar that I can't stand. Yeah. Uh, the Squire supersonic. God, I, I just don't, don't I get love those it. guitars. And it's got the Bart Simpson, uh, where he's like a <laughs> raven or something. I think it's from one of the the tree treehouse of horror. Uh, I love. I I still want one. I just like. I, Why? I don't want it. But I don't know. I don't know. It's just one of those things. I saw them when I was started playing guitar, and and then at the drive-in, um, you know, um, Omar played one, and it's just it was one of those guitars that I kept seeing when I was impressionable. And I just like it. I, I think it looks cool. I do think it's a cool looking guitar. So God, I wish I could never see it again. My God. <laughs> I think like, I'm going to put that in the running as like one of the worst looking guitars. Oh, worst no, looking no, mass no. produced guitars. Cause anybody could like, you know, hack up a, a guitar and, but, but like worst, like just stock off the factory floor, worst looking guitar. That's, that's top, <sighs> top 10 for me for sure. I, totally disagree i think it's great <laughs> so okay cool all right so i guess we shouldn't take a look at the the amp on the left because it's not his so we'll go to the no. stack on the right the laney Ironheart. never played one of those no um, i've i've honestly never played many laney's period so i'll uh, look it up I've, I've the only laney i've really spent time with is uh rick's laney clip which i believe is a oh. 70 69 70 mm-hmm. um it's got that so, distortion circuit or whatever booster built in. Yeah, yeah, it's badass. It's really, yeah, really cool. good. 
It's really good. Um, this one has a lot of knobs. Looks like, what is this, two channels here. I'm trying um, to find a, a write-up about uh, it. I'll just, I'll just read off some of the knobs here. Pre-boost, clean volume, lead gain, rhythm gain, three-band EQ for both channels, lead volume, rhythm volume. So it looks like you got a lead channel, a rhythm channel. Channel switching, that's cool. I get it. If you just look at it from like one channel at a time, it's not that bad. You know, you got a, yeah. a input gain and then output master volume with a three band EQ. But then there's some stuff on the side here. Reverb, tone, <laughs> dynamics, yeah, and watts. What is does this have a compressor built into it? Not a, uh trying to see. Let's see. Uh oh my god. Reverb. Why would it take <laughs> me there? <laughs> Digital reverb, really useful watts feature, dialed output of the amplifier, so that's some sort of master. Dynamics is uh, allows you to vary the interaction of the amplifier and the drivers, depending on uh-huh. the volume you're playing. Oh, the speakers? At. Wait. Maybe it's some sort of maybe some like a sag sort of control or That's um, weird. This the hold on. Say that again. Well, what this write-up says is uh the master section features an overall dynamics control, which allows you to vary the interaction of the amplifier and the drivers. So the speaker, I guess, depending on the volume mm-hmm. you are playing at. Hmm. And then Weird. it has a master tone and then the digital reverb. Yeah, it's very, it's interesting. And I'm sure it's just like a rock and roll machine. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I, it looks as though it would sound like just pure rock and roll. I just, the dynamics control is interesting to me. I've never seen something like that before. And yeah. My gut says like, oh, there's a, you know, like an 1176 in there or something, which would be weird to have that in your amp. Maybe not, depending on where it is in the circuit, but mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right. And then the pedal board. So interesting pedal board layout, a lot of stuff, a lot of modulation, you yeah. know, that I wouldn't expect from a pop punk band player, but maybe they, they've got some cool like bridges or middle eights or something like that that use some yeah. stuff, you know? It's been a long time since like every now and again at the shop, we'll bust out some, you know, the shit we listened to in high school, you know, part of the day. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, for pop, pop punk for me, it was all Blink-182 and then uh, that era stuff like Sum 41, uh, cra- like crap like that. So, yeah, right. <laughs> it's, right. It's the new age pop punk, which is, I don't know. I, let I don't, me, I don't let know me tell you is. something. I... Tilly and I at Music Midtown a few years ago, uh, we were there and Fallout Boy was mm. playing. They were one of the headliners, and we went there to see a friend's band, and, and they had just played. And so we were like, "All right, well, we'll you know we'll head out and beat the crowd, um, but we'll stop by Fallout Boy on the way out. Just you know, we want to hear you know what is this? Uh, Sugar, we're going down." Mm-hmm. We stayed for the whole show, and it's one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. They kill live they are so good it's unbelievable and they're one of those bands that they have way more way more hits than you realize if you mm-hmm. if you're, i mean i'm not like a huge fallout boy fan but six or seven times during the night they'd start a, a song and be like oh god yeah that song i remember that's, that song that's yeah i don't remember that song's huge you know it was great i would absolutely go see fallout boy again if they ever come through atlanta it was a lot of fun yeah man i i went to um Warp tour in high school, and uh, I'm just looking up some of the bands 2000 pop punk on Google. Newfound Glory, um, Simple Plan, uh, Saves the Day. Dude, um, I, I that have sort a pop, of stuff. I have a pop 
punk powerhouses playlist <laughs> on Spotify. <laughs> uh, somebody made this. It has 2 million likes. It's 50 songs. It's Green Day, Jimmy Eat World, Blink-182, The Ataris, Lit. Mm-hmm. You remember Lit? Oh, my God. Oh, dude, I have. I won a shoe from Lit on a contest, and then I went to the show. I wrote them a letter saying, I'm going to come to your show in Nashville, and I'm going to bring the shoe and hold it up. And they sent me back a signed picture, and then I went there and held up the shoe, and they all pointed at me from the stage, and it was very exciting. A shoe? <laughs> Like one yeah. shoe? It was one Airwalk that was one of the members of the band's Airwalk sneaker that Ugh. they all signed around the sole. And I was 16 or 15 and was beside <laughs> myself. I was so excited. I loved it. So, uh, yeah. Sum 41, The Offspring, Jimmy World, Rise Against, All American Rejects, Taking Back Sunday, Yellow Card, My Chemical Romance. Dude, this is a, this, this playlist right here is, uh, it's of a time. It's of a time. And it's uh, fun, your, man. You, your name here calls it mall punk. <laughs> yeah, mall punk. That's a great well, way of describing it. Yeah, yeah. Hot topic, hot topic mall punk. That's it. Uh, Dude. It, it was of a time. Uh, but yeah, on the pedal board, I mean, let's let's not... I don't know if there's much to unpack because it's like... It's, this is, it's something that I don't understand like why you'd have a rainbow machine for a pop punk band, but it would be really cool. So I think it, it would all work. You know, he's making yeah. wacky, wacky ass noises, <laughs> wacky ass noises. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. So here's the deal. Um, scroll back up here. I was looking at chat. The, so I really love, uh, the strat and I love, uh, the Jared James Nichols, Les Paul, the Laney. I would, I'd want to hear it cause I've never heard yeah. one and I'm really intri- intrigued by that dynamics control, but it's one of those amps that you can probably hear it just by looking at it. You can probably tell like, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah. And the two JCM cabs, pretty cool. Um, is that the, uh, the classic Altoids 10 on the pedal board there? Yeah. It looks like it. Yeah. You put maybe your weed also, in there, man. Yeah. Or maybe he's also a church player too. Cause that's like a, it's like a church thing. I think. Oh, well, um, you can still put your weed in there. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, most of the dudes I played with in uh, church did, you know, Hey, sorry. I'm going to call some people out there, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, all right, here's the deal. I like this rig, but you're going to, you're, you're getting deducted points for the, uh, the supersonic. I just have to say it's, it's not, I, mm, no, you could have just Damn. left that out of the picture and I would have given you a little bit higher score, but I'm going to give this 7.8 shoals. I want to give it, 8.2 for Blink-182. Hey, look out. I, I think it's fun. I think I would hate to move it, but if uh, yeah. know, I was just going to play it, I mean, I would take a half stack. I don't think I'd need to take a full damn stack, but... Uh, <laughs> full damn stack. A full damn stack. No, here's what you do. Uh, you just you, you pull the speakers out of, out of the top cab, out of the snack <laughs> yeah. cab, and then you just make it a dummy. And then you put your merch and everything in that cabinet. And then right. you, you load in, unload your merch and all your shit. And then you have a full stack on stage. But really, you're just pushing the bottom speaker cab. Mic that up. Good to go. Yeah. Could you, could you like hinge, like take the back off and hinge it? So it's like a, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just like a rolling cabinet. Put shelves yeah, in there. Yeah, because you don't want to really carry cool. just like an, you don't want to carry like an empty cabinet because that's such a huge waste of space in the trailer. Right, so yeah. make it useful, you know, make it like a road case. And then you walk in and, you know, all the, all the guitar bros in your audience are like, Oh, he's playing a full stack. That's so sick. <laughs> do you, do you think it'd be heavier? 
a cabinet with just four speakers or a cabinet full of like sweatshirts? Oh my God. The sweatshirts for sure. I think <laughs> just like, yeah, stacked up, mm-hmm. man. Okay. Well, cool. Well, that full was fun. Merch. Yeah. Maybe so, not sweatshirts though, because sweatshirts actually, they don't take up, they take up more space. They're lofty. Right. Yeah. But if it was full of t-shirts and like vinyl records for sure, you get a case right. of vinyl records in there. It's for sure going to weigh more than a speaker. Oh, cap. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about? Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, I got something that I've, I don't think I've really spoken to you about this and it's just something that's been on my mind for the past couple of weeks. Is this like, um, you need to speak to me about something like this, no. that's what this sounds like. It's, I, you know what? We, we haven't talked about this. No, I was going to do this offline, but I feel like this confrontation needs to happen publicly. No, 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 no. I, I've, I, I've been bit by the gas bug and I've been bit hard. You know oh what boy. I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I've fallen back in love <laughs> with my DGT. Oh my God, dude. You texted me last week, last well, week. You said, hold on, hold on. Before you explain yourself, we need to put this into context because last week I got a text. Hey dude, actually I'm going to read it. Let me pull it up. <laughs> Because people need to know. That's how little we've talked over the past. <laughs> yeah, well, the, you can immediately the, scroll to it. The speed at which we, uh, at which you you went back to it. Um, no, we've we've had a because look. Oh, we should also talk about this too. Uh, side note here: put a pin in this, but a John oh, Mayer yeah. black one Strat seven thousand dollars. They're <gasps> asking for that. Come on, <laughs> maybe they're going for that now. Uh, oh, no. Here's what you said last Wednesday, a week, a week ago. I may get a new PRS. So if you want mine, let me know. No pressure. I'm just scheming. I was like, oh, sick. Maybe, maybe I will buy that DGT from you. And now you're saying you've fallen back in love with it. No, no, no. Okay. Because I've fallen in love with it, it's reignited the flame of me wanting to get a PRS special semi hollow, special 22 semi hollow. The, the like, production super eagle right so so if you don't know what i'm talking about uh that yeah and i want one i want one really bad but i'm this might be maybe this is what we should should touch on the wait list or the wait time for these guitars right now from prs Mm -hmm. is i know a shop uh in north carolina midwood guitars great Mm -hmm. shop they ordered them when they were announced in January and they're not getting them until like June of next year. Oh, dude, so that's worse than Novo's wait list right now. Yeah. It, yeah. It's crazy. So some of them are out in the world, but they're like the same price as a new one. Okay. A- approximately. So like the, the question is, do I hit up Midwood and say, yo, I want one of these. Here's what finish they can adjust their order because, you know, obviously they're not painted yet. Uh, and, um, and get me one so, okay. or I just try to find one and buy one. But that, that, that's why I was thinking about selling the, the DGT because like, it's a lot of guitar. It's a lot of money and it's hard for me to justify having two relatively similar guitars. Um, you know, mm, I mean, I, they, they're mm, different. They're different. They're, and, and I know that pretty different, but well, I feel like if here. I had hold, that, hold this is the one that you're because I didn't see the picture because we're doing this in real time. 
and I'm not super up on my PRSs. So are I will you talking about it. the one that is fully hollow? No, and has like a, the, it has one F hole. I will, I will post a link to the Sweetwater in the chat. Cause, cause they sent one to Rick for that he had, or maybe still has, I don't know, but, and I played it, but the one they sent him was fully hollow. Well, the, the new, they're doing new SEs that are full hollow and apparently they're great. Uh, okay. J- Jacob, the visual guy on YouTube does a lot of great pickup demos. He has one. Oh, he says it's, this. Okay. Okay. No. Yeah. The production super Eagle. Now I see it. Yeah. That thing. got it. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, I know. And, uh, <laughs> it's like, you want to just it's, go full, full mayor and buy the J mod 100 while you're at it and, and get your, uh, <laughs> well, I have a two rock. I don't think I have to, I don't want to get too redundant with my, <laughs> God. uh, I wonder why people call me pretentious. Um, but, uh, well, no. So the two rock is for like my continuum era mayor tones. And then, and then the J, the J mod or J rod or whatever. Is it J mod? J rod. J rod. What's up? J rod. What's up? J rod. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, J rod. We just got a new J- shipment of, uh, blink one eight two records in the back. I need you to go on, un- un- uh, unpack those. All right, J rod. <laughs> Fuck you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's cool. He's just a kid. He's just a kid. He's, you know, he's growing up. He's, he's testing his boundaries. He's cool. He's J-Rod's cool kid. It's J-Rod. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Would, would but, J-Rod's name be Jared or Jason? No, it'd be like, <laughs> it'd have to be something more like a Justin, I think. Oh, yeah. Justin could work. But I feel Justin, like it's Justin Roderick. Justin <laughs> God. Oh, it's so good. Oh, man. What are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking John about, Mayer. Uh, yeah, should I get a, a J-Mod? But like, and I, I don't even want it because of John Mayer. I just want it because I think it looks cool and, and I bet it sounds great. All right. So here's the deal. I've I've played a um, Super Eagle. A friend of mine has one. And yeah. it's, I've been critical of PRSs in the past for being sort of soulless and and not having at least from my subjective experience not really having a vibe so much yeah. they're they're pretty like kind of a clean slate instrument if you will uh that one though the super eagle had vibe for days it was right. resonant it was warm it sounded great it sounded great unplugged um the, every time I think, because a couple times a year I think like, oh, I think I want a PRS. I think I want like a custom 24 or I want, you know, and I have my CE22, right. um, but like a proper quote unquote through neck PRS. And then I go play one at Righteous because they have hundreds of them. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. It's funny. You know? I, f- I feel like, I feel like PRS is one of those companies that continually push themselves to do do better oh they're incredibly well-made guitars Um, yeah and and i think that like and this is you know the consensus i've heard from from a lot of people who sell them it's like the the newer ones are just so much more alive than the older ones and i think a lot of that has to do with the um their nitro now Mm -hmm. and but you know it's funny that just like anything you find one that speaks to you that the the dgt that i have uh here at the shop it's incredible. It's fun to play. Um, 
it, it sounds great. It's not the most resonant thing in the world. It's kind of heavy, but yep. it sounds really good. And there's just something about them that they are familiar yet different that I, I'm, I'm just so curious. And it's an, it's a really expensive thing to be curious about. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, the normal one without a 10 tops, $4,300. Don't so get a 10 top. You, you're not, you know, a well, dentist and you know, but, but here, okay, here's, here's part of the thing, part of the dilemma, right? All the ones you find online are, um, wood library, which are even kind of fancier than a 10 top. So uh-huh. y- usually the wood library ones have flamed out necks or, uh, wacky tops that are even you know more wild than than a triple a quadruple a whatever uh flame top and i'm not into that i like like the one i i posted the link in the chat it's just the right the normal picture from sweetwater and that's not a it doesn't say it's not the tin top price right but that looks like a tin top to me uh I super think- tight flame this is this is like to me that's as much flame as you would ever want or need right there with, and would that yeah. qualify as tin top for PRS? Mm. Mm, probably. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That. Yeah, that's probably a tin top. Okay. Well, my chat disappeared. I don't know what's going on. Oh no! Everyone left. Because we're <laughs> shitting on PRS apparently, no, and everyone's they- like, "No, oh, I like my PRS." No, I'm just kidding. I I do really like PRSs. Um, and I met Paul once. He was an incredibly nice guy, and. uh I, I really the thing I like about PRS and the thing I like about Paul's philosophy is they're always striving to do better. Yeah. They're not a company like Gibson, which is like, hey, Gibson's golden age was the mid fifties through the early sixties, and we're going to try and get back to that and recreate that as best as possible. I like that. That's cool. PRS's thing is like, no, we're going to try and push the boundaries and like get the best sounding guitar always. Do they always do that? No, I think they can be kind of hit or miss, but they're incredibly well made. There's a ton of um, quality control, and and you know their whole build process is so tightly controlled and everything. It's great. Um, with that said, I think you should sell the DGT, and I think you should try and find one of these that's already out there because. If you can sell the DGT and you can get one, even if it's at the price of what you would pay for a new one, you can go ahead and play it. And while there's still a big wait time, if you don't like it, which knowing you (laughs) very well may happen, then it's not a dig. It's not a dig. It's (laughs) it's just you're very picky about guitars. And so buying a a guitar sight unseen ordered, there's a good chance that you get it and you're just like, no, I don't like it. And then since there's still a huge wait time on them, you could sell it for what you paid for it and get out from underneath it. Go get something but else. Do you think, and here's the, here's the problem I have with, with that is I don't want to sell the DGT and then get this and then not like it. So you sell know, the DGT to me. I'll hold, okay. hold on to it for you. And then I may or may not sell it back to you. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> well, you, you know, what's crazy is that DGTs and everything. I mean, I think, like the guitar market right now is just bananas, but I didn't even realize because I felt like DGTs you could get them for like a couple grand, uh-huh. like for like a gold one or a black one or you know not not crazy, not an artist or a ten top, you know it's a normal 
uh, for maybe a couple grand, maybe 22 if it was newer and uh, in really good shape. Uh, but now they're like, you rarely see them for less than three. And I was yeah, like, I just pulled them up. When right did that happen? So yours is gold. And uh-huh. let's see, I'm seeing it's a, a 20. Uh, hold on. It's a 2012. Cool. Yeah. Oh my God. 3,200, 8,000. Yeah. Oh, it's a private stock. One piece. Yeah. So just the gold. Uh, I mean, this is completely, you know, normal <laughs> DGT. I've changed the pickups and then I, I, I got rid of the treble bleed. Cause I don't like, I don't like that, but I have the stock pickups and stuff. Um, so yeah, oh, man. So this would be the, the only PRS that I've played that wasn't the super Eagle that I really dug and thought, Hey, this is cool. I could see myself having one of these around is a DGT. Yeah. You know, it sounds great. It feels great. You know, they've got the the look and the whole vibe to them. I like the pickups that are in them. Although you said you put throwbacks in yours. Yeah. You were just saying that. Yeah. And I mean, I honestly, I do like the DGT pickups. I just wanted something. I really prefer unpotted pickups. And it was funny, the DGT pickups, you know, everyone would rave about them. And when you'd see them used online, people would get silly money for them. But, you know, at first I would play the guitar with its stock pickups and go like, I don't know. And then after like five minutes, I was loving it. It like didn't, it just, any of my complaints just disappeared. But I do prefer it with these just because, um, this is more true to me. And I think it marries what I like most about vintage style Gibsons with the, the action and playability of uh, a relatively modern style guitar. I mean, I mean, it's not, you know, vintage styled for sure, but like playability and construction wise, this is about as, you know, perfect as you could get. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the deal. I'm not going to buy that from you for four grand. No, no. And I would never expect, You'd probably do better putting it on online here because I just pulled them up on Reverb here. Yeah, they're crazy, and people are asking crazy money. So you should. What did you pay for it? Oh, I got it in a trade, and I got a really good deal on it. So all right, all right. So you should undercut all these people by like five hundred bucks, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Try yeah, bring, I totally could. Yeah, you just undercut them, eat the five hundred bucks. You probably still come out on top. Yeah. Uh, and then take that and go find a... Let's see if there's any on Reverb here. What was it? It's uh, called a PRS Special Semi-Hollow. I do usually just search Special Semi, um, and it'll show up. But there's none in that the burst finish. There was one in Trampus Green, which oh I kind of like. Oh, my God. Dragon's Breath. Some of Dude. them are kind of cool. My internet doesn't this work is not, right now. This is so not, not cool. This one's not I think, cool. I think my phone is operating just off... Uh, 5g yeah you're um, not in you're not in potato vision though so yeah but um, like i can't i can't connect anything on my computer so wi-fi must be down it's really strange here's the deal i think you sell the DG, dgt you undercut the market try and bring the, the prices down on them and then you find one of these special semi hollows that's not ridiculous looking because a lot of these are i oh man they're wild I'm sorry, I'm crotchety, really and I know that I know that you know. I'm just sharing my opinions here, and I know the way I feel about these is the way a lot of people feel about like relic guitars. But right, well, and you I know like what's what funny? Like. It's like, what, like you see something like a Dragon's Breath, which is like a a dark to red gradient sort of burst thing, right? Yeah. But if you saw like a crazy bright 
purple sparkle Novo sun, like a sparkle <laughs> like, Novo sunburst hell thing. Yeah, man. You'd be like, yeah, give me that. Oh, it looks so cool. It's it's so funny, and I think a lot of that is just it's the body shape and it's that flamey ass wood. It's the know? flame for me. It's not necessarily. Yeah, you're right. It's not necessarily the color. It's just the. I have a hard time with the super flamey top guitars, man. I really do. Yeah, I, and I normally like. There's certain ones that I just I can't vibe with, but for some reason I I just I don't know. I think they're beautiful. And I mean, they, I think it's undoubtedly they're beautiful. Um, like, I don't think anyone would see a, a super book matched maple top Se- guitar. Second hand sandwich in the chat just posted a white one. There you go. That's it. There is a white one. I don't want that. Yeah. I, want, <laughs> I want a McCarty burst. Uh, yeah, the McCarty burst is nice. I, I do like the McCarty burst a lot. There was a DGT I just pulled up here that had a really nice McCarty burst. With yeah. the, the top was subtle. It was nice. It was you could see the wood, you could see the figuring, but it wasn't like look at me. It's like I've been ripped apart by the sun and all this crazy shit. Are there any guitars that are in this camp? Like, and I think because RJ uses like a Nags uh, yeah. occasionally, and I'm trying to think of other brands. My chat like can't pull up so i can't see what people are saying but like what are some brands that are akin to prs that you dig because like i i I don't find a lot of those really appealing visually i think that the prs body shape is beautiful it's an incredibly well balanced shape i agree with you i do like the prs shape a lot the classic prs shape i don't really dig any of these other brands in this camp though yeah um and and because again, like the type of guitars that I like are generally, you know, your classic Fenders and Gibsons. I just that's what I like, you know. Uh, and then the Novos I like because they're a unique shape, but they have a retro, old school kind of funky feel. I like the aging that they do. I like all that stuff. Where that's sort of the antithesis of a brand like PRS. PRS is about perfection and like everything being exact and the finish being completely flawless and like these beautiful figured pieces of wood. And, and it's almost more of like a, uh, an art piece than a guitar. Mm-hmm. And, and th- okay, this is interesting. This is why I don't like guitars like this, because to me, when you're picking these like crazy wood library, whatever's and, you know, burl maple, it's like, okay, well it's, it's almost as if you want this to stand alone more as, something to look at on your wall as an art piece and be like a conversation piece than you do as an instrument. Mm-hmm. And that I think is a struggle for me. I see guitars as tools. Okay. And they're a tool for a job. A 335 does a job, right? Uh, the, the Novo Solus I have does a job. It's a cool rock and roll. Like I'm going to take it to Germany because it's going to fit that record really great. It's going to sound great for that record. And I love the way it looks and I love the guitar and I love the story behind it. But at the end of the day, it's a tool for a job. And I think guitars like this, these PRSs, um, you know, Nags, other brands in this camp are really more, to me, they feel more like art pieces. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. That's not how I see guitars. Sure. Yeah, you know, I get that. I totally get it. I um, and it, it it it's weird. I never thought I would want a guitar like that necessarily. Right. Um, but there's it's just been picking at me, and I can't. It's one of those things. I just 
can't get it off of my mind. Someone asked, I think what did it is uh, a few weeks ago, I did an AMA and someone said, what are you jonesing for? And I posted that picture of that guitar off Sweetwater and and, and I just keep thinking about it. It's like, damn, I can't get it out of my head. So I don't know. There's something to say for that. And, and again, like I do. So what, what actually is the difference between this and a super Eagle? Super Eagle has more switches. (laughs) Uh, Let me see. Because I like the Super Eagle a lot, and and I liked the vibe, and I liked the fact that it could do some funky, weird tones, and it you know had the the preamp on it, and um, yeah. So it has the preamp, and then uh, (laughs) your name here in the chat said barbecue tops. Yeah. Oh man, that's Um, funny. I've never thought about that before, but it is like a barbecue grill top. I'm trying to find this like it's just like paragraphs. Uh so it has individual coil taps, which this has. Um oh, an audio preamp with treble boost. Maybe that's it. It's the audio preamp the preamp on and off and then a treble boost on and off. In the semi hollow. On on the, the super eagle. Because it's the super okay. eagle is basically the same looking guitar. Two knobs, three switches, a five way switch. And then two extra switches below the switch, um, but with some fancier, you know, appointments. Got abalone, uh, bird abalone, birds, um, and whatnot. But I think for you know all intents and purposes, the special semi hollow is basically the same guitar. Oh, here yeah. it is. Uh, yeah, the preamp on off and then treble boost on and off are the extra switches. So the semi hollow doesn't have a preamp. No. It's just a normal, uh, the, the switches are just, um, oh, it only has two switches. Uh, I, they're just yeah. coil splits for the humbucker, I think. Got it. Okay. Yeah. It's like a baby Eagle. Yeah. The baby Eagle. There you go. I think it's cool, man. I think, you know, get one, please don't get one with one of these ridiculous tops on it though. Cause, um, man, these are crazy money. 13,000, 12,000. For that dragon's oh, that, breath one, it's bananas. It's crazy. It's really, really crazy. Uh, hey man, you know what you should get? This one's got a damn eagle on it. Good God! Oh, Hold on, <laughs> free bird, baby! Hail yeah! I'm gonna post this in the chat. And <laughs> all right, chat my internet's back, so I can see it. Yeah, okay. I don't have Discord pulled up on my phone here, so you or on my computer, so you got to drop it in here. But all right, this is a PRS Special 22 Semi Hollow Artist Package 2020. Oh, that's not an eagle on there. That's the wood that they they had to have been intentional about how they cut that top to make it look like. I've seen that eagle's one. wings, man. Yeah, that, on I don't. Them. I don't like that one. Yeah, that was weird. Flying through the air, just like <laughs> wow. Look um, out. Yeah, well, that's something that has been on my mind. So we talked about it for like half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's a fair discussion. It's uh, yeah. you know, I think. My gut, though, says from because there's such a premium on these right now, I think you can use that to your advantage. I think I think you're yeah. uh, you're in the black on the DGT and I think you sell it. Oh. You undercut some people to get it sold. OK, right. and then you take that money and you buy one of these that's already available mm-hmm. uh, instead of waiting because you'll be waiting till what, June of next year? Yeah, May june something like that uh your name yeah, here says just get long. an old telly i can't get an old telly for i mean like 
if I just bought, well, no, 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 uh, because like the just the normal special semi hollows forty three hundred dollars. Find me an old telly that's worth a damn that's forty three hundred dollars. Yeah, you can't. And I will. Okay. I will buy that. No questions asked. But uh, like the only old tellies I would want are anything like I don't know sixty pre CBS. You know. Man, I was having this discussion with Tilly the other day about about guitars because we're talking about you know buying a console, which we're gonna have to. It's like buying a car. You're gonna have to finance oh, it. Yeah. I don't. I don't have you know forty grand or fifty grand in cash to put into something. I mean, yeah, that's dude to get something. You know, because twenty four to thirty two channels of a good console. If you're looking at vintage, get, getting one that's been serviced, and taken care of. You're not gonna get a vintage API for less than eighty thousand. A vintage Neve, oh god, they they start at two hundred and fifty grand, right? You know, crazy the whole thing. Um, Interestingly, though, speaking of vintage Neves, there is a Neve desk for sale right now for twelve thousand five hundred. Oh, easy! That that the Empire Strikes Back was mixed on. Oh hell yes! And then was sold to ZZ Top's manager in the early 90s, and it's in Texas. It's up for sale right now. Uh, it's so cheap, though, because it needs everything. It needs a complete rebuild, complete overhaul. It needs 30 to 40 grand worth of work. And since it's a Neve, it's going to need everything and the top line, everything. But it's right. literally the board that they mixed Empire Strikes Back on, and it, it's come up, and, and I've looked at it and thought, like, ah. Uh. <laughs> Man, that man, that sort of stuff. Like thinking about, like, oh, this is Ben Burt. This is where Ben Burt sat to mix, yes, like, the lightsaber fight. This is where yes. someone first heard the Empire Strikes Back for yes. on, when they're watching the movie. Like that's insane. Yes. Or, the, they was, first heard the Imperial March. You know, yes, so it's it's where the secret line was like heard for the first time right. of of Luke I am your father right I was talking to Phil about this to, uh, the other the other day and Phil is as much as I love Star Wars Phil is that much plus more and he was like Brett you could buy <laughs> that it console wrong. Oh. <laughs> he was like you could buy that console and you could send my base through the same channel that John Williams score went through for Empire Strikes <laughs> Back you could send my base through the same channel that the secret line was heard through the first time it's funny you did the 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 Mandela effect. You said Luke, I am your father, which he, Darth Vader. Oh says. wow! He says, "No, I am your father." That's right, but Mandela effect. Yeah, the secret line, because apparently on set they they used a different line, and it was only yes. Mark Hamill and um, James Earl Jones that knew the real line, right? Yeah, it was very very secretive. Uh, yeah. Cause like you can totally tell when you're watching that movie that the, it's, um, I mean, well, like David Prowse, who was inside Darth Vader's suit could have said anything. He could have said yeah. no more hamburgers. And, and Luke was like, <laughs> no, it's not true. It's impossible. Um, so it's all ADR anyway, but yeah, Mark Hamill knew. So, and, and, yeah. and James Earl Jones and George. So anyway, that, that's up for sale. My friend Andy was like, dude, like for $12,000, just buy it. Just to have it and then late, like hold on to it. And then years later, you can restore it later. Like, just it's like, dude, I don't have $12,000 just lying around to drop into that. But would, that's so cool. That's so cool. And you know what's crazy? Like, really, for a part of movie history, yeah, that's not that yeah. much. 
it's not you that know, much. And for, even for a Neve board, it's not that much. And right. if you take into account, like, you, even if it needs 30 grand worth of work, it's a Neve board from the 80s. I forget what actual, I think it's a 51 something. Can't remember the, the actual uh, model, but you're into a Neve board, a vintage Neve board for 40 grand, for, call it 50 grand all told. Like, that's pretty good. And then you attach yeah. the story to it. Um, it doesn't have enough channels though for what we need. Ah. Yeah, it's only got sixteen channels. Ah, so. you don't need any more than that. <laughs> uh, yeah, they well, made an. They made one of the best sequels of all time on that. There it is, Master uh, Machete in the chat just posted uh, Neve eighty one oh eight. Um, let's let's read this out for the people in the pod to hear. I'll pull it up. It's Odyssey Pro Sound. Seriously, if anyone out there, it's you can buy this board for twelve thousand five hundred dollars right now. It's a Neve eighty one oh eight. Here's the description. Legendary Neve for sale, incredible pre's and EQ, extremely punchy and powerful. This console was bought by Bill Ham, manager for ZZ Top, from George <laughs> Lucas slash Skywalker Ranch back in the mid-90s. It was used to mix the Empire Strikes Back Star Wars movie. It was once a film console, but once Bill got it, he had it modified back to its original state and also recapped. Dave How Austin Dave Howe, Austin City Limits audio director, is the guy who did all the maintenance and work on the console. Uh, the NECAM automation has not been tested and we do not have NECAM cable. 16 out of 28 channels work. Oh, that's right. It does have enough channels. We'll likely oh. need recapping sold as is. Recapping's not hard. Yeah, well, it's not like I mean, recapping you, an amp, dude. <laughs> well, I know, but you have to take, I know you have to take the whole damn thing apart, but you have to pull each channel strip out, each module right. out. And then in each module, there's, I don't know how many caps. I mean, it's, it's a big, big job. You got to clean the whole thing. You got to, yeah, probably to service the patch bay. It's oh, man, that's twelve thousand five hundred. Twelve thousand. Okay, hold on. Let's think about this, guys. <laughs> it's twelve thousand five hundred. Let's say it needs thirty grand. It's going to cost thirty grand to get it serviced and back up and running. So you're at what? You're at uh, forty-two five. Uh-huh. For a 28 channel Neve desk with automation, with the story, with the history. And I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm looking up, looking up what these modules look like to see where the caps are. <laughs> oh, the chat's going nuts. <laughs> uh, do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> That's pretty good, dude. Yeah. I don't know. Well, cool. I forget why we were talking about consoles again, but there's that one. <sighs> I don't know. So do you the have video a sh- loan on it would justify the purchase? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, do you have a shill of the week? Um, I do actually. Yeah. You want to go first? I do. Yeah, I can. So I got something. I always try to think of things that are useful, not just another pedal. And I don't think I've shared this before. Um, Got my box here. Oh, God, hold on. Ah! Jeez, okay, dude. I got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. I got it. Okay. So this is something I think everyone should own. If you don't, go on Amazon or wherever you prefer to buy crap like this, Harbor Freight, and buy a set of yep. digital calipers. They are in valuable for setting up your guitar 
and just measuring things. Like I hate using rulers, uh, not because they're hard to use. They're not. They're just not. <laughs> they're just not that accurate. I just can't and read the numbers, man. They're too small. The, just having something that has a digital printout, you can or a digital readout, you can go from inch to uh, millimeter, is just so handy. This one was like twenty bucks. You could switch to fractions. It, oh I mean, God! Like what? What more do you need? Like I, I, this has been. So valuable for me, not only for like whenever I do layouts of like um, the enclosure work for, you know, spacing out knobs and stuff um, and just checking, you know, height for drill things um, like, you know, spacing out jacks on the side of pedals. Right. But I, I could not have built my proton pack without <laughs> the, the, uh, these uh, digital calipers. So get a set of digital calipers. They're cheap. When and- are you going to... When are you going to shill the proton pack? By the way, uh, the proton pack should be should be done uh, next or this weekend. Okay, I need your help. By the way, on that, Tilly has told me that um, because this is our first Halloween in this neighborhood, and there's a lot of young kids in this neighborhood that mm. we have to dress up and like do it right. And I I haven't dressed up for Halloween since I was like 15. Well, so you know, you know I, need, really I need an easy an easy costume that's Something that I'm not going to spend ten thousand dollars on and two years <laughs> of my life putting together, you know. Well, good character, something that'll work. Here's the thing, right? So last year for Halloween, I wore my or not last year, year before last, because last year there was there, there was no Halloween. Um, I, I wore just my my Ghostbuster jumpsuit, right? Uh, my my uniform, <laughs> and um, all the kids that came to the door, uh, only like. Of hundreds of kids, our neighborhood's just bananas. Only a few of them knew what I was, and most of them, they were like, hey, you're from that old movie, right? <laughs> so, you know, whatever you think you would be fun and cool that somebody would recognize, they won't. Uh, yeah. So, just be Maybe whatever. Just go obscure. Yeah. Just- you know, I mean, you could be, you can, you can be uh, the dude. That's easy. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Like, I don't have the hair I, for the dude, though. You get a wig. I, but what's really funny is I've worked all this time on my proton pack and, and even like upgrading my uniform. I got the film accurate patch and some more stuff for my belt. Like I got, um, uh, the, the walkie talkie holster, which are rare as hen's teeth, um, for, for my ghostbuster uniform. And that Graham might be the says, most Southern shit I've ever heard you say. About yeah. yeah. <laughs> Graham decided he wanted to be Mario and Morgan bought a princess peach outfit. And then I'm Luigi. So, uh, I will put on my Ghostbuster uniform, but I'm not uh, – <laughs> for Halloween night, I have to be Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I don't know. Chat and comments tell me what I should be for Halloween. Um, so, all right. Here's my my shill. Yes. This is a dual DI box system here from oh. Pinstripe Pedals. I've had this for a few years now. Uh, TXRX, okay? And essentially what this system allows you to do is be in one room with your pedal board and your guitar and have your amp in a completely other room hundreds of feet away even. What it does, uh, this send box, you plug the output of your pedal board, your guitar, whatever, into this send box, into the uh, input section there. Sorry, that's the output. But in that input section there, you power it up with nine volts, 
Um, it's got a Jensen transformer in it. And you plug an XLR cable into that XLR output there, and you run the other end of your XLR cable to the receive box, where you then convert the XLR back into quarter inch down here, and it goes into the input of your amp. So what it allows you to do is put your amp really, really far away in another room and um, another part of the house even, and not have signal loss or degradation because it's converting your guitar signal into a balanced line over XLR and driving it long distance so you don't have tone suck. So I used it on my video earlier this week I made about reamping where I put the amps in the room next door. I don't have a quarter-inch cable long enough to reach, and even if I did, I probably wouldn't use it because that's such a long cable run. You would lose quite a bit of top end in your signal. So uh, I use these and they're great. This is a really good solution. Like if you got a, you know, you want to build a little ISO booth in a closet somewhere, a different part of the house that's not going to bug people, or you're recording a lot, you can get these, send your signal as long as an XLR will go, basically. And right. uh, go how much are those things? Uh, I don't know. They did send these to me. So full, full disclosure, I got these for free about two years ago and I've used them quite a bit on the channel. Without actually ever really talking about them, but they're really useful for that. Like, oh, I need my amp to be over there and out of the way. Who makes it? Just, uh, pinstripe pedals. Pedals. They also do a really cool, um, like stereo DI that's designed for like modelers, like the um, HX Stomp and stuff. It's got a transformer oh. in it and everything. So it's three hundred bucks for the set. Yeah. So, so another option would be like uh, Radial makes the SGI, the Studio Guitar Interface. It's same same kind of thing. So uh, cool. yeah. Neat. I should be 1970s Hartley PV. <laughs> you'd you'd have to have a guitar because otherwise you just look like I'd look like a, a you dude with from the, the 70s, 70s shirt on. <laughs> if I had his hair, he actually I kind of do look like him a little bit. A little bit. His beard's thicker. Yeah, and he's got the the you know wispy 70s hair. But my oh, God. Man. Your name here says get a T60 for $600 and do it. I don't think you can find a PVT60 for 600 bucks anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, not with these prices. Not, not, not in today's market. These COVID <laughs> prices. Oh, my what? God. It's wow. crazy. Look out. Oh, wait. Yeah, you can. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. Well, 1,900, I mean, they're, they're up there. What if I was just a disgruntled front of house guy and I just screamed at kids? Like had a cigarette, a lit cigarette hanging out of my mouth. And I was like miking up, just have, have a guitar cab out front. And I'm like miking it up with a cigarette hanging out of my mouth. You just need to get on, uh, I don't know, TikTok and, and be, oh, be a TikTok person. And just like dress up like somebody that does like one of those dancing people. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'm so old. (laughs) You dude. Yeah. That's pretty boomer boomer statement of you right there. I, I, be like, well, those uh, those uh, TikTok people, you know, that do, do, do the dancing, you know. You can be the guy that goes, you know, that guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Okay, great. All right, well, there you go, everyone. That's it. It was a long episode. It was long. Minutes. Yeah, a uh, hundred and fifteen minutes. <laughs> An hour and fifteen minutes. Oh. Whew. We're, we're approaching yeah. du- Dune run time. Dune tomorrow <laughs> for, for us. I don't know about for you guys. Anyway. Dune tomorrow. Oh, the new Dune comes out tomorrow? Yeah, bro. Dude, I don't anyway, keep up with stuff like movies. I don't either. I'm just excited about Ghostbusters. So, yeah. uh, 
Anyway, thanks for watching, guys. See y'all. Bye.